Please be warned. This podcast contains lewd language, slapstick violence, and general buffoonery. Listener discretion is wholeheartedly encouraged. Ladies and gents, and non-binary friends, welcome to Chapter 5 of Art Front Rejects Write a Murder Mystery. Who am I with? Hi, Veronica. Hi, Sophia. We are with the, uh, the, uh, the ear-splitting and monomaniacal Hubert, <laughs> Huber. I was about to say Hubert Gonzalez. I know, it's so hard that Hubert's got a new name now. <laughs> Hi, Huber. Hello. Hi. We're also here with the minuscule yet gas-filled Sophia. Okay, Hotel. you don't need to tell the world I burp like an ogre. <laughs> that's that's apt. I never said you burp like an ogre. It's called Clostridium difficile. Yeah. Look it up. It lives in my gut. Oh, I never gave Veronica oh, the the laconic and salacious Veronica any adjectives, but. I'll give you some next. Well, if you read my chapters, you'll know I'm anything but laconic, but thank you for that. That's a good point. I'll take salacious, I guess. <laughs> okay, you ready, Huber? I am beyond ready. Hello, it's Sophia from the future editing. And yet again, we do not say before we start reading what the crowbar contributions are. So I'm going to tell you now, as usual, and then when you hear them, you can say ding, ding, ding with us. When we were recording these, we actually forgot what they were. So sometimes we'll be like, oh, is that a crowbar contribution? When it's not, but you'll be the wiser. So the phrase for this episode is cringe syringe, which gets a bit more exposition in the chapter. And the line is, I walk around like everything's fine, but deep down in my shoe, I know my sock is sliding off. So those are the crowbars. Get ready to listen and shout. And don't forget to vote, by the way. If you go on the website, artfretrejects.com, you can vote for the best crowbar, best writing, best acting, and whoever wins these votes gets to start season two and also gets to name the book that we will eventually publish of this godforsaken story. So make sure you vote. Otherwise, the votes will be rigged because we just all vote for ourselves. Okay, goodbye. Enjoy chapter five. I won't tell you the title because Huber's about to. Here we go. Chapter 5 Josephine Wendy Willoughby laid in her daughter's twin bed, touching the pink dress doll she bought for Carl when she was a child. It was 3.56pm, and her gaze was fixed on the center of the room, where she found her daughter stabbed and left to suffer. She moved her eyes towards her daughter's posters of Zayn Malik and Harry Styles, yes! chuckling to herself as memories of driving hours to go to One Direction concerts fluttered her mind. Laughter was quickly replaced with tears, and she melancholically whispered, Oh, how I failed you. No, hey, oh, wait, who's this Wendy? Is not me. Who's this Wendy? Is not, hey, now. This is not me. I'm Wendy. <laughs> okay. Oh, how I failed you, Clara. You've always been the one protecting me, and I wasn't there for you when you needed it most. Charles Willoughby, Wendy's husband, who he heard speaking to another detective in another room. He didn't know Wendy knew about his affair with Bethany, one of the suburban moms on the board of District of Suburban Moultown, BDSM. Wait, we didn't shout out. We didn't shout out the first chapter that the board of the District of Suburban Moultown 
um, its acronym is BDSM. I completely <laughs> forgot I did that, but just gonna <laughs> throw that out Love there. Love it. Beth Parr murdered her. Wendy didn't want to deal with it anymore. She wasn't sure if she wanted to deal with anything anymore. She slowly closed her eyes and heard footsteps coming towards the room in the hallway. She opened her eyes, expecting to see an officer or her husband at the door, but there was no one there. Hello? She asked. Charles? Is that you? Silence was the only reply. She brushed it off and closed her eyes once again. She started hearing footsteps once again. Once again, once again. She started hearing footsteps once again, and suddenly, Clara's door slammed shut. Wendy jumped as her eyes widened in shock. Charles! She yelled. Don't scare me like that! This isn't the time to mess with me! Once again, there was no reply. Wendy got up and yeah, but what's your favorite on... phrase? <laughs> Once again, there was no reply. Wendy got up and put on her red faux Gucci slippers and forcefully opened the door. I don't know if that's a ding 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 or just me being me. I, I'm not sure if it's you trying to get another sponsorship to add to Rolex, Mercedes Benz, and Moleskin. <laughs> I guess we'll figure out as the, if, as the chapter goes on if we find anything more outlandish. Yeah. <laughs> True. Charles! Charles? She looked down the hallway and saw no one. The hallway is completely still and quiet. She slowly closed her daughter's bedroom door and slowly locked it. Slowly, slowly. I repeat a lot of words. She let out a deep breath and turned back around. She immediately screamed when she saw Signor Romanzo in front of her. Now, I don't know if this next bit of dialogue is keeping in character or if it's a moment of her acting out of character. This is Huber wanting you to swear, Veronica. <laughs> this is me wanting you to swear. <laughs> okay, then. What the fuck are you doing here? I'm, I'm getting the officer from downstairs. I'm sure he'll be able to handle you. Oh, Wendy Furman stated. <laughs> now, now, Wendy. You and I both know you wouldn't want to. Oh, wait, no, he was a bit more Russian. Now, now, Wendy. You and I both know you wouldn't want to do that. Signor replied, <laughs> with a white grin on his face. Why the hell not? She angrily asked. You and I both know I'm not really here, Wendy. I still have a firm grasp on that puny little brain of yours. Ooh. Grasp? I know. Is she being, you know, brain controlled? I forgot about this. Oh my god, I forgot. Okay, sorry. Let's go. I'm excited. No, you're lying. I found a way to keep you out of my head when I escaped that wretched carnival of yours. Oh my god, that explains why he can apparate in and out of, like, Wilhelmina's jeep as well. She's, yeah. he's got her as well. Okay. Oh my god, yes. you're, like, you're a visionary. <laughs> Stephen King level shit over here. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Wendy, Wendy, Wendy. Do you think he says Wendy or Vendy? Oh, Wendy, Wendy, Wendy. What do we like? I like that. Oh, Vendy, 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 how foolish you are. If you really think you can escape me, then you're dumber than when you sent me that god-awful letter. Besides, why shun the past? You have come to know that you can't run away from it. I mean, just look at your daughter. Killed in the same fashion as your whore of a mother. Oh my god, god. this is really laying it on her. Don't Fucking talk about her like that! Wendy screamed. She landed Signor Romanzo with all of her might, but she went straight through him and landed on the hardwood floor with a loud thump. It can't be true! She whispered. She turned onto her back and winced from pain. 
Senor Romanzo did that cringe syringe emotion in response. Ding, ding, ding! Cringe syringe was the response. It loudly laughed. For listeners at home, cringe syringe was something I invented where if you do something that's super embarrassing, you make like an injection uh, gesture with your hand, like a sort of thumbs up, but then push your thumb down as if you're injecting something, and you inject a cringe into your face from the side, and that's called a cringe syringe. <laughs> and I'll let you know, I'll let you know, I didn't realize it was something that you made up, so I tried to tell my friends back in New Mexico about it, and they're like, what are you talking about? <gasps> oh no, it's definitely made up! I oh no! Stupid. It'll be popularized now, but you know. Okay, sorry, Senor Manzo did the cringe syringe motion, so he injected a cringe into his <laughs> cheek. What do you even want with me? What are you doing here? Senor Romanzo walked toward the window and looked at the dismal street. He took a moment to gather his thoughts and began to speak slowly. Believe it or not, I don't think your daughter is actually dead. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Wendy scoffed and almost began to cry. This has to be some sort of joke. I still found her dead with my own two eyes. Just listen to me for once, Signor demanded. He took a second to calm down and continued. <sighs> you have become very well aware. Oh, shut up. You have become very well aware of my abilities. <laughs> I can enter. That's a lot of V's. <laughs> I can enter and manipulate the minds of people who view me as close to them. Like just some cheeky exposition in there. <laughs> as you remember, I knew I had to find the only. Cuba, <laughs> this is so crowbarred in. <laughs> as you remember, and not for the benefit of the reader to know. I knew I had to find the only pure and stable crystal of Californium in existence. <laughs> Shout out, California. <laughs> is Californium a real element or like substance? It is a real element. Okay, yes. cool. Yeah, it is. Obviously. Yes. it. I will be able to forego <laughs> any requirements and enter the mind of anyone I choose and possibly enter multiple minds <laughs> at once. That sentence is so weirdly constructed. I can feel you typing it. I can feel you go, with it, I'll be able to uh, forego any uh, requirements to uh, enter the mind of anyone I choose, comma. And in fact, do you know what? To the hell with it. Anyone at multiple times. (laughs) My search has taken me across the country with no success, but I believe I finally have lead on where it could be. I believe the crystal is here, in Moltown. I believe Clara was used as a pawn, and I think I know how to get her back. But I need your help in getting this crystal. You know this town better than I do, and you know what goes on behind every closed door. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> Cuba, that is a lot to lay on us. <laughs> I'm sorry. I forgot that that's what they wrote. I can't believe I said all that. That's so stupid. No, you made me say it. <laughs> True. I can't believe you said that. What a dummy. Wendy blankly looked into Signor's cold eyes. 
She couldn't process what Senor Manzo was saying. She wanted to believe him so badly. She wanted her daughter back. However, this wouldn't be the first time Senor tried to manipulate her for his benefit. She slowly shook her head and said, There's no way I'm ever working with you again, you pig! Now get the fuck out of my head! They have a past. <laughs> Senor Romanzo lowered his hand and replied, Very well. But when you change your mind, you know where to find me. You know where to find me. Senor turned and quickly added, By the way, next time you try to come up with a new identity, come up with a better name than Vendi. Josephine suits you so much better. If you think about it now, if these two had a past, it's actually quite gutsy that she'd go and send that letter to him from the first chapter, you know, thus alerting him to her whereabouts. She didn't sign off as herself, though. I think she was trying to hide behind the BDSM. I know, but still, it feels like a big, big old risk. Yeah. Because she's affiliated with that group, and he could very easily track down that group and, you know, figure out somehow that she's a part of it. But maybe it doesn't really matter. Maybe she ain't that smart. But, you know, in her mind, the, the return of him leaving was greater than the risk of him finding her out. Yeah, definitely. Thank you, Cuba. With that, Senor Romanzo disappeared. And once he wiped the black mascara-stained tears from her cheek, she thought about her daughter, about how much she missed her, about how much she hated her husband, and how much she hated her boring suburb place do not mom life. Ding, ding, ding. Please do not mom life. Was yes. that a phrase? It must have been. Ding, it ding, must have ding. been. Maybe, well, that's something we used to say back in the day. So I might have just put that in for fun. Yes. <laughs> Perfect. She then thought of the letter Senor Romanzo mentioned earlier. She let the Board of District of Suburban Maltown members write the letter to the proprietor. She asked them to make sure her name would be left out of them. Ah, that answers your question, Veronica. Oh. Uh, here we go. <laughs> she sat motionless for what felt like hours, staring at the Zayn Malik poster that she had observed earlier. And Wendy punched the harbor floor with both hands and heard a hollow knock. She knocked twice in the wood again on her right side and heard the sound again. She pressed one side of the full board down until the other came upwards and pulled out the wood. Inside, she found several letters addressed to Clara from Wilhelmina the orphan girl she told Clara to stay away from years ago. Clara told her she stopped talking to Wilhelmina, but they had apparently kept writing to each other for the past several years. Most weren't filled with anything more than descriptions of carnival shenanigans and longings for Motown's beach. She eventually began reading a series of letters, all saying the exact same message. Here we go, Veronica. To the proprietor. It has come to the attention of the esteemed board of the district of suburban Motown that your establishment has ignored the past three requests to move along from the outskirts of Motown, taking the, the taking the debris and litter your affairs have caused with you, and disposing of it responsibly and appropriately. Yes, that you leave Motown before we begin speaking to lawyers and the appropriate authorities about taking you to Motown's most esteemed court. If you wish to speak about these matters further, you can speak to me, the director of the board, Joseph. I screwed up that line. <laughs> if you wish to speak, if you wish to speak about these matters further, you can speak to me, the director of the board, Josephine Petit. In my house in the center of town. The letters were written in Clara's handwriting, but Wendy couldn't figure out how she knew about her previous name. 
She had never shared anything about her experiences with the carnival, and she doubted the orphan girl knew anything. Although Wendy hated Senor Romanzo with a fiery passion, she knew she had to work with him. Even if her daughter wasn't actually alive, she had to figure out what happened to her, and who made her write these letters. Wendy stood up and started speed walking out of the house. She put on her coat and walked past past the room. Where, sorry, it's the wrong path <laughs> to the listener. She put on her coat and walked past the room where Charles was presumably being questioned by the officer. Wendy was startled when her phone started ringing. Alicia had called to ask her for the fifth time if she was going to the weekly board meeting. She really didn't seem to understand the concept of not wanting to do anything else after your daughter had died. Regardless, oh, <laughs> regardless, Wendy had finally agreed to go to the meeting. Senor Romanzo would have to wait for now. She needed to get a few things off her chest. Oh my god, I remember this. <laughs> I completely forgot about this next scene. So, drama. New scene. Wendy pulled up to Alicia's house for the meeting. The suburban moms had a hosting rotation, and it was Ali's turn to prepare the itinerary, the snacks, and talk about any issues that were most important that week. While Alicia never tried to show off, she was one of the most affluent women in the mole town. Her house was two stories high and was filled with the most expensive furniture imaginable. She even had two different dining rooms, one of of which was only used for Christmas and Thanksgiving. (laughs) Wait, she was the most affluent woman. Her house had two floors. Whoa. All these bungalows and then that's Alicia's house. So does Wendy's. She said that she was upstairs. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Anyways. Christmas and Thanksgiving. (laughs) Not Easter. No, they don't celebrate Easter. They're they're Philistines. But I wrote that because I remember I remember that was always a thing in my like more wealthy friends' houses that they would have two separate dining rooms. Oh, I don't understand that. I know like a lot of Western families I know have two dining rooms and two living rooms. Yeah, I've seen that. One of them's fancier than the other. But no one ever uses uh it's weird. That's just a level of affluence I can only aspire to. Yeah, truly. <laughs> You know who has two dining tables and two living rooms? Your boyfriend? Yes. <laughs> Heck yeah. I was very, very, I was like, ooh, I picked well. <laughs> Hi, Spencer. Okay, he's never going to listen to this. He might. <laughs> Wendy walked into the house and towards the sound of laughing woman down the entryway. When she was in view, everyone stopped speaking and immediately stared at her in shocked silence. No one knew what to say or how to respond to the murder of Clara. Alicia broke the silence by exclaiming, Wendy! Yeah, I'm so glad you're able to come. Please sit down so we can get started. Not even that I'm sorry for your loss. Jesus, what a cold-hearted bitch. <laughs> Literally. These women are horrible. Karens. <laughs> yeah, they're all shocked and no one knew what to say. How about sorry? Pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> Wendy did what, as she was told. Everyone else awkwardly sat down on the flowery couches in the meeting room. The coffee tables filled with cookies, tea, and other sweets that were prepared by Alicia. Wendy was always flabbergasted that no one realized that, about, that these snacks were always bought from the bakery down the street. Alicia began the meeting by discussing the presence of the carnival and its first night being open. One of the children in town tripped and fell running towards a chair swing ride and got a cut in his knee. Wendy rolled her eyes and couldn't believe that the meeting was going to be about some random kid tripping on the gravel. Alicia? Wendy interrupted. Do you mind if I say something? Oh, uh, sure, Wendy. Take the floor. 
Alicia replied, slightly surprised when he stopped her. When he stood up from her chair and took a deep breath. As you all know, oh, my dearest daughter Clara was <laughs> murdered in my house two nights ago. Alicia was with me when I found her, and yet she's not even faced. I'm completely flabbergasted that my own best friend witnessed my daughter's dead, bloody body on the ground and hasn't even tried to comfort me, to help me, or to even help herself. Why hasn't this- She called you five times. <laughs> Just let's see if she was coming to the meeting. Yeah, yeah, I think it was, you know, to inquire about her, you know, her well-being. Okay, I don't know. You don't know what she was going to say if she picked up. Okay, fair enough, I suppose. Why hasn't this affected you in any way, Allie? Do you even care about me at all? At least she was speechless. Wendy continued. I can't even get started on the rest of you fake bitches! <laughs> I've spent my entire time in this town trying to impress all of you. It has broken my soul and it made me focus on what you think of me that folk... What? That... Oh, um, it has made you... That? Wait, it has made me focus more on what you, on think. What you think of me than... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. It has broken my soul, and it made me focus more on what you think of me than I focus on my own daughter. I walk around. This is it. This is it. Oh my god, yes, this is right in line. <laughs> yes, Everyone get is. ready. Yes, I is. walk around like everything's fine, but deep down in my shoe, I know my sock is sliding off. <laughs> And why? At least I used to. I won't wake I won't waste my precious time trying to impress the likes of all of you. You I mean, you couldn't even have the decency of giving me condolences. I didn't get a single message, a single text, or even a single sorry when I walked into this goddamn house. None of you deserve to be impressed by me. Wow. Wendy stopped to catch her breath. Or catch her breath. No, wait. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wendy stopped to catch her breath before looking straight at Bethany. Oh, God. Who was sitting to the right of her. She started, she walked up to her saying, Oh, Bethany, you'd always been so beautiful. She struck Bethany's cheek before winding back and punching Bethany's face. Bethany made. <laughs> she stroked her cheek. How did she get that close without Bethany swatting her away? <laughs> they were probably just in shock, just like, what are you doing? Bethany made an inhuman, inhumane, inhuman shriek in pain. But the next time you decide to hold around with someone's ah! husband, make sure you're not fucking with me in the process. <gasps> Wendy exclaimed. Ooh. Wendy, uh, what, what's going into you? Alicia said with concern. Oh, fuck off, bitch! Shit, Wendy. <laughs> Wendy replied. <laughs> <laughs> you, but you just wanted Veronica to smash! I did. But honestly, like, a good... This is, like, her breaking down, so, like, it makes sense. I, I feel like must. Like, chapter three, when Veronica was writing, she had watched... No, she had read so much Anne of Green Gables. She basically made Anne of Green Gables fanfiction. You watched The Bachelor, and now you've made <laughs> The Bachelor <laughs> <laughs> I think this was like 
<laughs> season was airing at the time. Yes, because <laughs> there's going to be a character that you voice, and we tell you to voice her like Crystal from The Bachelor. Yeah. <gasps> yes. 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 Arlene, the receptionist. Oh my god, yes! Oh my god, I'm so ready for her to come back. Okay, go from, oh fuck off, bitch, please. <laughs> oh, fuck off, bitch! Wendy replied, walking out of the room. <laughs> don't expect me coming back to these anytime soon. Maybe don't expect seeing me ever again. Oh god, I hope she doesn't die. <laughs> Wendy entered her car, parked in the driveway. She started the car and immediately drove through Alicia's award-winning flower bed in the front lawn and drove away. Wait, was that a free? Or was it? No, I think that's just you being petty. Okay. <laughs> okay. She looked in the rearview mirror and saw the board members attempting to fix the crunched flowers. Wendy chuckled in amusement and drove towards the beach. The beach? Oh, the beach! The beach. Oh, Huba, you were listening. I was listening. Oh my gosh, nice. That's our show. Thanks, guys. Stay tuned for next week. Oh, that's my piece next week. That's exciting. Yay. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch, share your thoughts, or stalk us, you can find us at artfratrejects.com or on all sorts of social media with the handle at artfratrejects. If you can't get enough, make sure you listen to Case Files episodes too, where we delve into the plot, characters, and vote on the quality of our chapters. Stay safe out there, 